everyone, welcome back to a very special edition of our SDCCE Gateway podcast. My name is Alfredo Chavez, your host and peer mentor with the Gateway uh, program. And I want to welcome you back to a very special series of our podcast for, uh, to celebrate Black History Month and everything that SDCCE and Gateway does to promote uh, uh, equity and to promote inclusion within our program and uh, our institution. And today, um, I just want to inform you a little bit about our program. We are an immigrant refugee ELL program geared towards the ages of 16 to 24, helping just get into college, uh, get uh, get started on their careers, uh, and any any type of assistance in that that we can provide, um, we would like to do so. So please drop a comment or reach out to us if you'd like more information. With that being said, I am super excited today to be having Dr. Shakira Carter, Vice President of Student Services of SDCCE, here with us today. All right, so uh, how are you doing, Dr. Carter? I'm good, I'm good. It's Wednesday, and we got a four-day weekend this week, so we I'm do. really good. <laughs> well, I think we're all excited for that four-day yeah. four weekend. So um, why don't we get started today? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, right? Who is Dr. Carter that we might not know, right, by just seeing walking down the halls here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. I love uh, watching the podcast and listening to it, and I'm a huge fan of the program and the communities and students that we serve through this program, so it's an honor to be here. Um, So who am I? I am the daughter of a mother who had me when she was just 16 years old. She was a a single teenage mom who was navigating the foster care system, um, and she, I'm her only child, and um, for her, going to school was so important because she ended up being the first woman in many generations to graduate from high school and to get a high school diploma. And so um, after she graduated, education became the thing that she held on to. She knew that that would be the way out of poverty for our family. And so she really instilled the values of getting a higher education in me. Um, and so um, I thank her for that. And I always start my story by telling her story because I feel like it's so central to who I am. Uh, I also am a mom. Um, I have two children, a 10-year-old boy, Gregory, and a 15-year-old girl, Erica. And my husband and I have been married for 15 years. Uh, He grew up in the San Diego area, um, and his story is much like mine in terms of um, utilizing education as a pathway out of poverty. And so we've been raising our children and trying to teach them the value of education. I always like to say throughout my career, the theme of my career has been education changes generations because it's the shortest pathway to me from point A to point B, right? Um, When I graduated from high school, I knew that I wanted to go to college. I didn't know how to get there, right? Because I was the first in my family to go to college. My mom didn't really know, but she was committed to helping me figure it out. And so I was a part of a program called the AVID program, and they really helped to teach me about the process to applying to college and all of those things. I ended up going to Chico State out of high school, which is in Northern California so far. Um, And that was like a monumental, like life-changing experience for me, right? Not just the the process of being in college and learning about myself and who I am as a woman and who I was becoming, but also being outside of my comfort zone, right? I'm born and raised here in San Diego. This is all I knew. So go to go to another area and to realize that, you know, I had the skills, the grit, the resilience within me to be able to be successful in that environment. And I got to 
see other people of color in that environment who were working on their goals, right? It taught me a lot about myself and who I wanted to be. Um, I also, you know, recognized at that point that there were so many people who I graduated from high school that should have had the opportunity to go to college that didn't. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be a part of changing that trajectory for families because I know I knew uh, you know had an idea of what education could do and so that was really you know my undergraduate ex experience really created this kind of desire in me to want to pursue higher education not just for my own personal growth and development but as a career choice right and it, it's interesting because um, a lot of us right I'm coming from um, impoverished pasts right mm -hmm. um, you don't really realize that there's all these resources out there yeah and that it's in reality so accessible yeah that uh, I came into I remember the first day I came onto ECC uh, I mentioned on the last episode it was Councilor Roy who yeah. brought me over here yeah. to, to Gateway but when I came here I mean I thought that I wanted to be um, a, a, an accountant and I remember I took one or two courses and I realized I, I have nothing to do with numbers, right? But <laughs> I, at that time, I didn't even have my high school diploma. I didn't yeah. have my equivalency. So then I came into Gateway, and somebody who also went through my past experience yeah. helped me through it, and opened up my mind and showed mm -hmm. me that it's possible. Yes. Right? And, and, and I thank you. I thank you mm -hmm. that you're, you're open about um, your experiences yeah. because that really also... Um, shows us that there's people like us Absolutely. that can reach that. There's mm -hmm. people like us who can accomplish more. So I yeah. really thank you for that, for being open about that. Yeah, I think that representation is so important and that, like, I feel like it's my responsibility to share my story, right? Like, being in this space and occupying this role is not just about, you know, having a title and not just about the work, but it's about being a representative and showing other people, like, if I did it, you can absolutely do it. Because I was not the best student. I was not 4.0. I was not all of those things. But I was, you know, resilient. You know, I, I was... Um, empowered by people who saw more in me than I saw in myself, right? Exactly. And just what you what you said is so important is that um, we don't always realize how accessible mm -hmm. the, the life that we want is to us, right? Because when we're in the environment that we're in and we can only see what's around us, it's hard exactly. to see beyond that, right? Mm -hmm. But there are resources that are available um, if we can just connect with them, right? If we can just, you know, see someone in a space that makes us feel comfortable, that we can step into the room and ask the question, it can open up a whole new world for us. And that's what education did for me. Exactly, exactly. And, and then you come onto a campus like ECC where um, all the classes are free. All yeah. the courses are free. You, you have um, from auto shop and uh, mechanics, you yeah. have HVAC, you have the ARP program, yeah. to just to name a few, right? And everything is designed in a way to support you, yeah. to help you where you are, to meet you where you are. Um, and uh, I just want to go into that for a little, mo yeah. uh, a little more. Um, what are some of the programs uh, that are under you as the Vice President of Super Serv uh, Student Services? Um, what are some of those programs uh, that are under you that um, are accessible for the viewers online? Yeah, so as the Vice President of Student Services, I oversee um, the, all of the student services functions that happens outside of the classroom, essentially. So everything that a student needs to learn 
learn about the institution, to get connected to the institution, to enroll, and then to be successful when they're in their classrooms. So those programs include admissions and records, um, the application and onboarding process, outreach. It includes programs that support retention and helping students stay in the classroom once they're enrolled, like DSPS, like CalWORKs that serve single parents, like the Gateway Program, um, I oversee the College and Career Transitions Program, which is all about connecting students to work opportunities and getting them to work after they finish their programs here, and also student affairs and counseling, right? So these are like, a, this is a comprehensive unit that is all about the student, right? And I'm so thrilled and honored to be able to sit in this seat because it was those programs that helped me finish college, right? I remember my freshman year, I was so nervous. Like I was, you know, by the end of my freshman year, I thought for sure I'm going to go back home and I'm just going to, you know, take another route because this is not for me. It was the people in those offices, financial aid, admissions, EOP, that like took a hold of me and didn't let me go, yeah. right? They saw something in me I didn't see in myself and they let me know that I belong. So our division is all about creating a sense of belonging and connection with students so that they know that they have what it takes to be successful in this environment. Wow, that's amazing. And with that being said, what would you feel that uh, is most misunderstood maybe about um, right, us saying all the courses are free or yeah. maybe um, something about um, your role? What would you say is something people most misunderstand about this? I think that people don't often equate free with quality, right? So they think if it's free, then it must not be of a good quality. It must be like, you know, or if it's too easy to get into, if they accept everybody, then it's not competitive enough, then it must not be of a good quality. And I think that that is the biggest myth about our institution. The first thing is that the college is free to students, right? But it's not free. Someone pays for it. And that's the, the taxpayers. That's the state chancellor's office. That's, you know, the government that is paying for these programs. The quality of the programs are above anything that you've experienced, right? I mentioned earlier that both my husband and I took path the education as our pathway to financial uh, security. I wouldn't say financial freedom because if it was financial freedom, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but security, right? Um, but we had different paths. Mine was the you know, I did my bachelor's, my master's, and my doctorate. My husband is a plumber. He went the apprenticeship route. So he went into the skilled trades and construction, and he did programs like the programs that we offer here at ECC. Um, he learned to work with his hands. That gave him a level of education that he was able to apply in a work environment. Um, and now he's a licensed contractor and has his own plumbing company, right? I have a whole lot of student loans. He has zero student loans, right? And so um, that's what the education, like the education and the training that we provide here at ECC and in continuing education can do for a family, right? Like it is, it can really set you up for financial freedom. Um, the fact that he's able to take a skill that he learned in a free apprenticeship type environment and apply it to be able to provide for his family for the rest of his life. He'll never go hungry because of that. That's life changing, right? And we do that in all kinds of ways. We can do it through the skilled trades. We do it through our culinary program, our entrepreneurship program, our healthcare program, you name it. Mm -hmm. And these are all free certifications that 
folks can come to continue an education and get in a short period of time that can change, you know, the trajectory of your career. And sometimes it's just a taste that someone needs mm -hmm. to be able to decide that, you know what, I want to go a little bit further. Definitely. I'm going to do this CNA, but now I'm gonna, I actually want to be an RN. So I'm going to go to the community college. I'm going to go to the university. And it becomes a pathway into the future for so many students. Definitely, definitely. And um, now shifting gears here yeah. a little bit. Um, I know what we mentioned about you going to Chico State. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what was maybe a barrier uh, that you had to confront going through college? Uh, maybe your journey through college. How was that for you? Yeah. I think the biggest barrier that I confronted, which I have words for it now, but I did not then, is imposter syndrome. I did not feel like I belonged. Um, or maybe not that I belong, but I didn't know, like, I didn't feel like the smartest, most intelligent person, right? I just felt like I had this opportunity and I'm here, but what does this mean for me? I felt like I was navigating two worlds, right? Of like the world that of where my family was and their, their background, where they came from, you know, women who were strong and resilient, independent women, but didn't complete high school and didn't complete, you know, um, didn't go to college. And then this new world of folks all around me who were educated and had college degrees. And what does this mean for who I'm becoming, right? I think I really had to do a lot of negotiating that. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to do a lot of kind of like self-empowering to help myself understand that you do belong this and you belong in these spaces, right? And the more that I did that, uh, the, the best thing that I did was not quit, mm -hmm. right? Finish, like, finish and I didn't finish perfectly and none of it was perfect along the way but I finished and that gave me the self-confidence to say you know what well, I'm gonna go in to get my master's degree and every new educational space I found myself in it was like wow I cannot believe that I'm here right um even all the way into being in this job right that imposter syndrome never kind of goes away but you learn how to deal with it but I think having that experience, right, it really humanizes me and helps other people know, like, if I did it, you could do it, right? Like, there's no there's no barriers, only the ones that you put before yourselves. And it's really like the mental piece that we have to get over to push ourselves into these new spaces outside of our comfort zone. And that's where we also go back to representation, right? Yeah. Representation even in an academical institutional setting. Yeah. Right? Seeing mm -hmm. people where we are, mm -hmm. right? or where we were, right? Mm -hmm. to, uh, seeing that it is possible, mm -hmm. to, it is possible to go through college, it is possible yeah. that whether your family or, or doesn't have uh, such a history in academia, yeah. but you can start it. You can start you, that you can legacy. You the first generation. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And um, what was go one thing that maybe going through college uh, that you didn't expect or that wasn't told to you that you might say, hey, this might be helpful for a few people out yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> I think probably, um, <laughs> I don't know that, I think that people talked about it, but I didn't heed these lessons about student loans, oh. right, and credit cards and just financial, um, just financial awareness of yeah. like how it impacts your credit and all of those things. I remember we would go around campus, they would have these tables and it would be like these credit card vendors and they would, yeah. you could sign the application and then you get a free burrito and we would sign it up and the next thing you know, you get a credit card in the mail and the next thing you know, you broke <laughs> and the next thing you know, using that credit card. And so it took me like some cycles and a few years in my life to figure out that piece of it. And um, you know, now after all these years, I say the education, it was the best investment that I made in myself, right? And so 
I definitely, if I had to use student loans again, I would, but I would just be more mindful, more frugal, right? I wouldn't take out more than I needed. I would work and apply for more scholarships, right? Just so that at the end of it, I just had exactly what I needed and not, not more. Right. And be, and always be aware of maybe like financial literacy workshops yeah. around campus because mm -hmm. there's always resources. Yeah, um, I remember I, I took a few courses at, at Southwestern Community College and I would see signs around campus saying, you know, um, take this course on this, take that, and I would kind of pass those by. Then later on, I kind of got myself in a little yeah. bit of predicament with a credit card, yeah. and then I'm like, wait, hold on, this is putting yeah. me in a situation now, even for college, affecting me in this sense yeah. or this other. So it, it's definitely important to take a hold of those resources. That yeah, you have on campus. and just to remember and apply, and that's something that I teach my kids, right? Is like, you know, how to manage your finances, how to think about <coughs> student loans, and not to be afraid of them, right? Mm -hmm. I think that, especially for the black and brown community, it's important for us to understand that, right? Because if you would take out a loan for a car, then you should t you can take out a loan for your for your education, but just don't take out more than you need. Like you don't need a Maserati, you can right. get a Honda, like yeah. <laughs> that type of thing, or a Hyundai. Definitely. <laughs> definitely, yeah, yeah, I think that that's definitely really good. And what, so, what would you say? What were some of the tools that helped you get through college? Mm. Some of the tools that maybe helped you get through your classes, semester. Yeah, definitely like clubs and organizations. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the biggest thing. Like, that sense of belonging and connection was so important. Um, and then it helped build a leadership skill in me that um, that I feel like I'm still cultivating to this day. Um, but getting connected to clubs and organizations, making meaning of my educational experience, mm -hmm. right? My undergraduate degree was in child development. Um, I have not used that degree in the way that it was intended, you know, since I graduated. But it wasn't about the degree. It was about the experience, right? It was about completing and building that confidence in me. It was right. about knowing that I can compete at that level of um, intellect. It was about knowing that I could start something and I can finish something, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it was all of those experiences that happened outside of the classroom, I think, that made me the better person, right? Like the stuff that happened inside this classroom, I remember some of that, but it was really the outside of classroom experience that helped me finish. Definitely, definitely. And so personally, because, man, you're doing stuff all over the place. You're vice president of student services. Mm -hmm. I can imagine you have an extremely busy schedule, which we also thank you for taking yeah. some time out of it for being to be here with us. But of course. Um, walk us through a day in your life. Walk us through a day from the moment you wake up, maybe yeah. to when you clock out of work. Or what, what, what does a day look like for that for you? Yeah. So my days tend to be very busy. Um, I just mentioned I have two kids. So mm -hmm. in the morning time, I'm with them and getting them ready and making sure that they get off to their days um, in a timely manner. Um, usually a lot of my day, work day, is with meetings, mm -hmm. different meetings on different things. Um, and But I also get to do some really cool stuff in the midst of the day, like stuff like this, being yeah. on a podcast, right? When you look at, if you look at my social media, like my family are like, are you at work all day? Are you going <laughs> to potlucks and parties and events? Because there's a lot of that stuff built into it. And that's exciting, connecting with students, connecting with community members, um, going to different events often, have events after work to attend with the executive president's cabinet or with the president, um, where we can make the college known and elevate the profile of the college I think that's an important part of the work that I do um, but I would also say that in between the meetings in between the events um, the my 
favorite thing to do is to connect with people, to connect with our students, but also to connect with our employees. I think that's a really important part of the role that I play as the vice president is to help people feel secure, to help people feel seen, and to help people feel like they are a part of a work environment that they want to be at, right? I, that's so important to me because, you know, I, I mentioned my mom and her story, you know, she, I, I remember watching her grow up. I felt like I watched her grow up because we kind of grew up together and she would go from job to job and she would get fired or she would leave a job and she would never feel appreciated and valued in the work that she did. And she's really good and caring and humanistic type of person. And she would tell me like, you got to be treat people with respect, no matter who they are. You like, you got to you, you know, level the playing field and be respectful to people, value people, show people that they matter, right? Many of us that are here in these roles are also first-generation professionals, right? And so as much as I'm here for the students and committed to the student success, I'm also committed to the success of my colleagues, my employees that I work with, right, and that I serve. And so I try to be mindful of that and to take time um, to do the things that matter to them. Definitely. Definitely. And what would you say is a tool that helps you throughout all these busy days? What's something that you can't go without or something that helps you just bulldoze through it all? <laughs> yeah, definitely a good cup of coffee yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the morning time. A pike with um, some steam half and half, two pumps of vanilla, one pump of toffee okay, net. Okay. That's my Starbucks. And just my phone, really. Yeah. Like, um, I try to... Um, like I always say, like if I have an iPad, then I'm organized. But the truth is, I don't really use the iPad like that. It's my phone, my yeah. calendar on my phone, the notes app on my phone, like the email on my phone. Those are the things that let me go from meeting to meeting and still stay connected. Wow, definitely. We have such a powerful tool in our hands that is yeah. so mm -hmm. underrated most of the time right. in this kind of sense. Yeah. But so uh, to end off the podcast, again, thank you for taking time out of, yeah. your, out of your day. You know, you have a busy schedule. But to finish off, what is one piece of advice that you'd like to give your 18-year-old self? Oh, that's a good one. I think if I can tell my 18-year-old self anything, I would say that you are worthy. Like, don't spend time trying to hustle for your worth. Like, just spend time, like recognizing like you got a beautiful journey ahead of you right just enjoy the ride like show up take up space like you're worthy to be here like just take your time with life right everything that's supposed to be yours is already yours right like the future is bright right so don't stress about nothing just keep it moving i think that's what i would tell my 18 year old self that was good definitely yeah. so thank you guys for joining us as well on this uh, special series of uh, our podcast to celebrate Black History Month. This next week, we're going to have uh, closing off the month with another very special guest, Dr. Tina King, president of SDCCE. We're very excited That's about that. That's a real treat. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So make sure to uh, stay up to date on our social media, uh, on this uh, podcast, on YouTube, turn on the bell notifications, subscribe, uh, like it, share it with somebody who might be going through the same journey yeah. as us, uh, who might be needing these resources and could benefit from it. Make sure to share it. it could definitely help someone out. So make sure to stay tuned for the next time for uh, the final episode to celebrate Black History Month. Thank you guys. Thank you, Dr. Carter. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.